Okay. We're so just ahead of the rest of the I wanted to know, does anybody feel okay enough sharing what they've got so far? And because literally it's the first week out of what I'm planning to have as 12 to 13 weeks. So um, don't be ashamed. Wait, you feel very really sorry. Now this is unmuted. That's for you. And I'll mute myself. All right, are we ready? Yeah. Ready, set, go. All right, so I'm going to first start off by saying it's a, in true American Midwestern fashion. It is truly a run-on sentence. Mm -hmm. My English teacher would be super upset. Jesus came as God in the flesh to right our wrongs so people that believe in him and follow him um, can be in heaven with him for all time after we die because he loves us. I think that that's probably a sentence. There's just a lot of punctuation you got to put in there yeah. in order to make it not a problem, but good work. Do you want the definitions of the words? Cause I um, no, sure. not yet. Okay. Anyone else want to share what they got? Come on, take a stab, guys. I, I'm going to see. Maybe I should have waited. Well, that's why I haven't, got to, I haven't told you, you guys got? mine yet, because I'm like, oh, you know, the teacher has his. And that, just we all so know. far. Anybody? All right, you yeah. don't have to, but know that I'm going to start class each week with one of those, so you should. And then we're going to tear them apart? <laughs> no, not individually. That's your job. Okay. You tear your own apart. Okay. Uh, that's not my job. My job might be to ask a question. So, like, for instance, if someone else wants to share, we're like, Cindy, why don't you use the word flesh? Oh, yes, um, because God is the creator of all things, and he is spirit, and he came in flesh, like human form. So he, he took someone's skin and put it on him? Good, I, good, good concept, but more aptly, he was born as a baby and came. Okay, <laughs> good. So uh, that kind of stuff, I'm going to ask you that kind of thing and let you just figure it out. Um, you can write three sentences. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got one to three sentences, you know. Thirty-one. Oh, yeah. You can, yeah. Anywhere between one and three. You can have one. I mean, if you could do it without a sentence, I'd be really impressed. Like if you could just be like two words, I'd be. Okay. Is there is there a verb? I don't know. Is there a subject? Okay. Do I need to pass this back? Yes. Daryl claims to have it down to three words. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Just say good morning. Good morning, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been, uh, no, <laughs> that's, that's the warm up. I'm not seeing it. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I've been, I have been intrigued by the uh, assignment all week, actually. Um, and I've been thinking about it from, I guess a lot of different facets and angles, um, and trying to uh, pare it down to its essence, I think is um, at least a good place to start. You know, so um, and maybe it needs to be fleshed out a little bit. Flesh. <laughs> 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 and, um, and and so. You know, there's there, uh, elaboration 
is very helpful uh, as long as it doesn't become too confusing. Okay, and that's that's where we're you know we're we're trying to parse that up and be somewhere in the middle. But anyways, um, so I've thought about uh, this gospel and what it means and its essence and what the Bible says, uh, which uh, you know it communicates the gospel uh, in many different uh, chapters and verses, right? And so. Um, so my three words, <laughs> as I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the segue, and then that's the prologue. <laughs> it's uh, so it's very simply: believe, be saved. Exactly. What's the Bible say about belief? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's one word, one verse, right? And so, I mean, I can come up with uh, any number of proof verses for that, okay? And so, now if we want to flesh that out in order to ask, a, somebody's going to say, just like you, Cindy, right. believe what? Right. Then that's your... Uh, you know, your entrance into discussing Jesus in the flesh and so forth. another Christian, like, argument at you. Um, even the demons believe. Mm -hmm. And tremble. And tremble. Mm -hmm. And they're not going yep. to heaven. They're yep. not saved. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. Honor, right? Um, Honor. It's intriguing. But you don't have the microphone. I don't have the <laughs> You gotta wait till it gets passed. Michael? You can pass. You can just pass it. You can say something if you want. I mean, I wasn't <laughs> telling Cindy she couldn't talk. I was just saying she had to wait for the microphone. Oh, I just figured you were telling me to talk. No, I was literally <laughs> just waiting for the microphone. Um, I think it's interesting because even how you said before class started, right as class was starting, um, that you have like words in yours that you want them to ask questions. But I guess I gripped on to your statement last week about how you could be talking to somebody who maybe is too shy to ask questions or doesn't have any desire to ask questions or, you know, things like that. And so I was like, okay, how do I put this? Like if I was explaining it to an infant or a child, like how do I say it if I'm going to explain it to Rory, you know, on the street? Um, so I think that it's kind of cool actually how you guys are like trying to intrigue the questions from people where I was like, yep, I'm just going to give it to you and let you like, and let God work that in you, you know, but, um, <laughs> well, Daryl, I think that yours is a really good, succinct understanding of what we want people to do when they hear the gospel. And I think it's a good launching point of like, okay, if that is what I want people to do, what information do they need in order to do that? You know, which is, which is then, you know, the telling of everything else. Uh, so I think that you're, you're really on to something there with like, you know, that's literally, um, what drives me nuts in Greek class learned in most of the gospels, I believe, um, we have taken the word for listen, uh, we, we translated it listen, but the word means to obey. 
Uh, so it's like hear the gospel or you know this stuff. It literally means to obey it. And and, and yes, I mean I mean it's like a secondary. It means to hear and obey, which is what we mean by the word listen. But when you read the word listen, that's not always what you hear, right? So the gospel is a message as such that demands a response. And you can either obey it or you can disobey it. You can listen to what it tells you to do or you can ignore it. And so there's definitely a call to the gospel to say it's not just information. It's information that leads you to I have to make a decision. This is up to me now. The ball's in my court. Because I, I now have information that ought to change what I do. And it, so I can. Or I can keep doing what I do. So, I'm going to give you guys mine. Don't write it down and then be like, oh, I have to copy Caleb. Because literally, I put as much at work into this as probably you guys will for this whole course as well. Okay? And... Like on it, like I told Cindy earlier this morning, I've got stuff in here that I know, and I'm like, I just, I put words around it to hopefully make it make more sense. But the, the I already got my sentence started, and, and you know how that is when you speak, and then you don't know how that's gonna end. It it demanded there would be a couple Christianese words in there, so I'm just gonna put it in there that I'm totally willing to explain. I think most of them are close enough to a thing that you get a generic sense, which is, I don't want them to be lost. I don't want them to be like, what are you talking about? Okay, so here's mine. Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave in order to provide forgiveness for the sins of those who believe in God's plan of salvation and grant them eternal life. Okay. At the end, salvation and eternal life. Pretty, pretty Christianese. Yeah, so... The plan of salvation is that if you believe on Jesus, dying on the cross can pay for your sins, right? So, like, I kind of preloaded the definition in there just to say that that's what you have to believe because I didn't want to repeat it all. Like, I guess it's a, like, you could rearrange it. This is probably what you should do in, like, passive and, you know, all that. Just rearrange the sentence and then you don't have to repeat it, right? So those who believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, in order to provide forgiveness for their sins, will be granted eternal life. Then I don't have to have that other stuff in there. Um, uh, what was so special about this Jesus who died on the cross that he gets to save us? Yep. That's a sin. How do I know that I need to be saved? I don't need to be saved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yep, that's a, I li- so, uh, mine's color-coded. <laughs> but you're not going to be able to do everything. This is a full presentation. No, this is a it's like a introduction. Exactly. Yep. So. Right. Yeah. No one. No. No one should ever take this class to be like, if that happened, you guys should all be like, I'm. I don't think so. We're gonna have to be here another couple hours. No, uh, I might question people. Because, yeah. But basically, it was not just, oh, come and get the candy. You know what I'm saying? 
So on the one hand, you do not want to fall into, uh, you're not going to make it too complicated anyway, but you don't want to fall into the hand of uh, the idea of good works or what's going to save you. Now you believe, but then you've got to work all your life to make sure you're saved. You don't want that, but you also don't want, oh, just you be saved and then go do whatever you want because your sins are covered anyway. So it's 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 a challenge. I'm I'm interested. This is going to be interesting to do. I'm going home to work on it. <laughs> this this is why I I only have one sentence because I gave myself two more sentences that if I feel like oh I got to make something else a little bit more specific, but I highlighted a bunch of my words. Um, I didn't highlight. These are the words that I think that English speakers should understand. In order to provide, I don't feel like needs an explanation. For, the, of, in. Okay, I don't think those need to explain. Plan, I don't think that that needs an explanation. Although, because it's part of salvation, I'm going to explain it anyway. And grant them, because I could have just easily used give. But, uh, you know, I didn't. So, everything else is highlighted. I intend to explain any and all of the other things. um, To whatever degree I need to, based on who I'm talking to. So, literally, like, Jesus is highlighted as his own color. Died is highlighted as its own color. On the cross is its own color, okay? Uh, rose from the grave, own color. Forgiveness, its own color. Sins, those who believe I have all in one color. God is one color. Salvation is one color. And eternal life is another color, okay? I, as a, because what I, what I actually started kind of doing was I wrote it in the most Christianese way I could possibly think of like every way I'd ever heard the gospel explained <laughs> in church. And then I took all of those words, I put them on the left to say, those are Christianese. So how, how can I simply say that in a word or two in my thing that doesn't sound like I'm nuts? Okay. And that's how I ended up with it. So that's how I ended up with these multitude of topics that I feel like have to be explained in some variety, shape, or form, and I'm sure that through this class, we will come up with other ones, okay? Um, so, this week, we're going to talk about God, to all we're like, isn't that just the answer to every question at church? <laughs> Jesus, God, Moses, 47, 3, you know, you get those, you get 98% of the questions that I get asked at church. So, in my definition, God is near the end which probably doesn't bode well. <laughs> so if you put God at the beginning, feel feel good about yourself. Um, because I feel like God needs to be explained first. So I can take that back so you don't have to awkwardly hold Sorry. that. We'll click that, click that on mute just so we don't pick up a whole bunch of other noise. All right, so in mind, I say um, God's plan of salvation. I need to start with God, I think, because if I don't, if people don't know what, who or what, I'm talking about when I talk about God, I don't think any of the rest of this matters or makes sense. And I don't think we can make any progress on anything if the hang-up is. Now, that being said, in our context in America, lots of people have a generic understanding of God. And what we're actually going to wrestle with more is getting over their misunderstandings or misconceptions about God than we are the fact that they aren't going to have any idea what we're talking about. So when I say I believe in God... Most people here in America are going to understand generically. And I literally mean like generic. It's like if you sent me to the store to get sugar and you didn't tell me what brand to get, you're getting sugar. Okay, Probably the most generic sugar around because it's cheap, right? So what, think of it that way. 
So if you have a specific brand, uh, and probably sugar is a bad example because sugar is probably bad for you. And all. Give me a product that you all are like, butter. Okay, uh, Daryl has a very strong opinion about butter. <coughs> and if you've never asked him about it, you should because there's only one good butter in the world. Yes. So. <laughs> Kelly Gold. If, if Daryl asked somebody from Men's Breakfast to go to the store and pick up some butter, and they, brack, they came back with margin, Daryl would lose his mind. Not just like, oh, you came back with store brand butter. You didn't even come back with actual butter. Like, Daryl might die, okay? You're getting all the margarine for Christmas. <laughs> so, so let's think about it that way. We have... A, Hey, it sounds so bad. I hope I don't get struck by lightning. Um, we have a product, a very specific product. When we're talking about the gospel, okay, it's not really a product. Okay, all the disclaimers. Okay, but think of it like that. When you're telling somebody, "Hey, God made this plan so that it will work," and what they hear is margarine. <laughs> You haven't, you haven't succeeded, right? So, you know, we have a very specific thing that we have to use a word for, right? Uh, but we want to make sure that we're clicking on all cylinders when we get to that word, okay? So, God. First off, let's just talk about the generic word God. What is, what it, I put it in capital G because that's how I'm using it, but, you know, as good Christians that are in the West in English, would always say lowercase g God. What is what is a what? Is, what do we mean by the word God? Because other people will use that as well, especially other. <coughs> would be somebody, somebody people who And include that it is something that um, people think provides for them or supernaturally does for them or that they could um, intervene or get help from. Okay, good. Others? I do have a thing, but I'm letting you go. I'm trying my best to learn from Michael about how to have a discussion-based class. <laughs> I have an answer in case someone does it, but otherwise we're just going to let you guys answer. slam at it just because I think Cheryl did such a great job of saying what I was thinking, but uh, it's probably some supernatural deity uh, that um, <clears throat> doesn't have a defined personality um, and that if you're looking at lowercase g, it's, it's, it's something that you can tag into or tie into uh, metaphysically to, to make it do whatever you want it to get done. <clears throat> yeah. 
Now we're starting to get, get there. Notice how we, I'm just going to pretend like I know everybody's heart here. We as Christians hear the word God differently than non-believers would. Okay? Because we instantly said, like, well, it's something that someone has in their life that they worship, obey, and listen to. They expect something from, you know, they get to manipulate it in order to, we see it through the lens of the Bible. And that's not bad. Because I feel like we're, we have a very clear picture of the fact that people worship gods. Everybody's got some sort of god that they worship, right? However, if you weren't churched, that's not where you'd go first. That being said, none of us should feel bad about that. It's just recognizing our own lens so that we can say, okay, so this is my connotation, but let me think about it as though it's not. And as if I'm hearing someone use the word God for the first time. Again, in an American context, we're still generically on the same page. But over the course of all of human history, the term for God, some form of deity, has meant something. And now in our context, God is almost an, or, an archaic thing. It is what ancient people believed because they didn't understand their world. So they patched their gaps with their gods. Okay? So if we as Christians go in and we're like, this is God's plan. They instantly think, boy, what an uneducated, ancient thinker. Right? So, when we read literature about the Romans and the Greeks and all these other Egyptians, they all have gods. Right? God in that sense, is usually a being that's a spirit existing on some form of higher plane. So they're not exactly like us. They live either in another dimension. Obviously, ancient people wouldn't use the word dimension. But thinking of a higher level of existence to such that, although sometimes gods die, I don't, like, that's, I get so confused when I'm reading other mythologies where I'm like, I don't know if you're using that word. I don't know if that word means what you think it means. Um, but these beings that exist on a higher plane than, than humans that in some way either created, controls, or contributes to the world that humans live in. Okay, That was like the most generic thing I can possibly think of to explain what we mean by the word God in general as a lowercase g situation is that it's just some spiritual or other higher existing being that we don't see usually um, <laughs> That somehow is doing something in the world that we do live in. Or did something. Yeah, or, or past, yeah. So they either did something, are doing something, or somehow, you know, like we can credit them <laughs> with some sort of thing, okay? This is literally the most generic thing ever. Which is why gods, historically, have filled the gaps of our understanding literally everywhere. Because if we don't know, oh, probably some god did that. We'll throw a name at it and call it a day. Right? You know? Um, there's all sorts of stuff, everything from the seasons to the sun to the constellations to the, the waves of the ocean, everything that they just didn't have an understanding of. They're just like, well, of course there's a god of the sea, there's a god of the corn, there's a god of this, there's a god of that. When you couldn't have a baby, you talk to the god, usually goddess, of fertility. Right? So... It's just some being somewhere else that like we we can't figure out how this is working 
And so there must be some being somewhere else that we have to do something, and we'll just make it up and hope it works kind of a situation, right? So that's generically how God's kind of our thing. But when it's used as a proper and singular noun, uh, in a monotheistic religion, which means they only have one God, okay? So they don't have a mythology of gods. They have one God. So mono, meaning one, theistic, God. I don't know what actually, it's God. One God religion, I think is what theistic means. But uh, So it's their supreme spiritual being who created the world and establishes the moral standards for humans and receives worship by humans. Okay? That is pretty close to what we as Christians mean when we talk about God because we're a monotheistic religion. Now, we got the whole thing about the Trinity, which is a whole other story. We'll have that at a completely different time. Uh, I would, unless someone asks you a very specific question, I would try to not talk about the Trinity <laughs> during the gospel thing. Because, uh, like I always joke, um, only sort of joking because it's sort of true. If you talk about the Trinity for more than 10 seconds, you've probably committed some ancient heresy that someone got killed for. So uh, don't, don't jump into that unless you have to, but be prepared in case you do. <laughs> Mm -hmm. That is true. Yep. Yeah. I was like, the Bible. The Bible presents it this way, and that's just the way I'm taking it. So that's. But even even like in the they didn't see the gods in quite the same way. You know, maybe we do. But it still was somebody they worshipped and that they were afraid was going to get them if they didn't, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So it was still, it was still kind of that. Um, but that if you want to go to the complete extreme, which a lot of people are getting to nowadays, so we need to face that. A lot of people think that God is just a, um, we really can't know if he exists or not, or actually think he's a myth. Mm -hmm. So if we want to do the whole gamut, um, you know, that would be the uh, the other far extreme that we would have to realize some people are going to, if we say God, they're going to think that, oh, yeah, they're talking about that myth again, mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah, I think that that's uh, more likely along the lines of where we're at, you know, if you're talking to someone that never grew up in church, which, you know, is probably like 40 years away from being common. Or even if they did grow up. Right. And they've abandoned it, yeah, absolutely. That when, when you say God, they're like, oh, there they go on that fairy tale again. Uh, so, uh, when, when I'm talking about God, I want to try to make sure that whoever I'm talking to is clicking. And I do that even with Christians. Because, um, even the people that I grew up going to church with, that still go to church, um, they don't, when, when I'm talking about God, it's really funny, you know, because people will be like, well, my God doesn't blah, blah, blah. And there's a reason that we say that, because what we actually mean by that is my understanding of God doesn't work like that. Um, but we have different understandings of the character of God and what God might be doing in a situation, right? And these are the things that we don't know. You know, we can venture guesses based on Scripture. We can say, like, you know, this is something God has done before, um, but we, we don't all, even as Christians, even in the same church, have the same concept of God, okay? We don't all know him the same, and that's not even to say that anyone knows God better than the other people. It just means that, like, I think this plays into, well, the rest of the problem, right? 
is that we ident we can identify that we don't all have a, a conclusive like this is what we think about God. You know, we read the Bible because and then we say that we believe the Bible, so then we have to deal with what the Bible says. But I mean, you got people that are Calvinists, you got people that are Arminian, you got people that are like this is how prophecy works, and then you got the other opposite end of the spectrum, right? And yet we all still believe God as He reveals Himself in the Bible. It demonstrates that there's something wrong with us because one of the things that we can all agree on is that God doesn't have any faults and problems God doesn't change most Christians even in the loosest sense of the word agree that but then if we can't all get on the same page then it demonstrates that we have a problem right which helps because then that's why you need the gospel right so here's my uh, first two questions. So, for what I guess we kind of already covered this, but anyone else have any other? Why why would we ever need to explain God? I feel like that's kind of what we've been talking about. I didn't put the slide up early enough, but the concept that like. I run into a lot that people think that God is one, which means that all different religions are still just worshiping the one God, even though, so like you hear a lot like, well, isn't Allah God? And it's like, well, <laughs> right? And so then um, just the construct that like maybe they accept a general creator of the universe or a supreme being of the universe, but that they don't really like define, like what makes the God of the Bible God versus the God of the whatever. Korean and I don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, so I think that we do we need to make very clear like when we're talking about God, we're talking about God as we have come to know about him from the Bible. That limits us greatly. That's not to say that we can't experience God in other ways. But it is to say like I'm not I'm not here t dispensing information just based off of what I felt this past week. You know, I believe the source Right, and it is. We talked about this in apologetics class, and this is not an apologetics class, so we can talk about the apologetic side of things later. It, it is sort of like circular, at least in shape. I think I said in apologetics, I think I said it was oblong. It's not quite an actual circular reasoning, but we accept God because of, we accept the Bible, and we accept the Bible because of what we believe about God. Okay. And part of that is, um, there, there's a lot of reasons for that, okay? But when you boil it down, that, that's, that's where you get, okay? We believe what we believe about God because we have the Bible, and we believe that we got the Bible because we believe that God would be the kind of God that would tell us about himself, okay? Also, why that makes it reasonable is because the Bible corresponds to life. Even in areas in which... The people who wrote the Bible would have had no reason to be like, I'm going to put this little detail in here so that people 3,000 years later could dig this pit up, right? They're just like writing things. Time and time again, the Bible corresponds with life. It's been around for a very long time. And, you know, people over a very long period of time have been passing it down. Um, that doesn't mean definitively that it definitely is the God, word of God. Like from a logical um empirical standpoint it doesn't prove it 
beyond a reason beyond any reasonable doubt, which is why we talk about our belief as faith, because we do. We there is faith involved. Um, so we need to make sure that people are understanding that when we talk about God, we're talking about God from the perspective of the Bible. Okay, uh, and I would highly recommend only the Bible. <laughs> I think that the Bible gives us far more than you even need. It doesn't give us everything that we want, but as it relates to knowing God, it gives us everything that we need in order to do that well. Uh, and I think that that was God's intent. So I don't think we need anything extra. Okay? Um, okay, kind of two things. I don't want to spray into um, apologetics at this point, mm -hmm. but some of this, how you do things, is going to depend on whether you're presuppositional or not. Um, but the other thing is that I don't think um, I don't think people anymore honor as maybe they used to, even if they weren't Christians, the Bible anymore. So, so even though we know that our belief is based on the Bible, and if you're presuppositional, you also believe that there are some things that people know in their hearts, but they refuse to acknowledge. Okay, even though you know those things. You can't really depend on them understanding what you mean by saying you believe the Bible. And I wasn't saying that you're saying that, but I'm just making it clear. You can't depend on that uh, for people to acknowledge the Bible even as anything anymore because a lot of people don't. So um, so that that's just something we need to be aware of, I think, when we're talking to people. It doesn't mean we don't use the Bible because the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. So it doesn't mean we don't use it just yep. because they don't believe it. But we have to be aware of that. Yep. When I think when we're sharing our faith, evangelizing laws and giving the gospel, all those good Christianese phrases <laughs> yeah. with people, I think that it it should we should actually be more comfortable saying this is where I get it from. I get it from the Bible. Oh yeah. And then then you can have an apologetic conversation because the odds, the, you know, because if they don't want to accept what you're telling them. They're going to find a way to, to argue against it. And then you're going to have an apologetics conversation later. But, you know, instead of saying to your unsaved neighbor, you're not like, hey, you know, Jesus died for his sins. You should you should believe in him. And then they'll be like, what are you talking about? Or like, you should you should uh, obey the gospel. And then they're going to be like, what are you talking about, right? We are entering into this conversation. This is, like, we're, we're being the ones initiating the conversation here. Instead of playing defense, this is us playing offense. We go out and say, "I believe this," yeah. and then let them let them mock it, let them tear it apart, yeah. you know. But but to to know what we actually do believe and to be able to explain it to someone who doesn't already believe it is what we're shooting for here. And so you know, it, I think that we should use the Bible a whole lot, yeah. you know, if, if in this initial conversation. Obviously, as you get further and further. They might have a very specific thing, and like again, I don't think any Christian should ever feel bad about saying, "I accept this by faith." I don't understand it. I don't have time to understand it. Like I, it, and and ultimately, if I'm understanding the Bible correctly, that doesn't matter. I don't think you should ever feel bad about that, even in the Midwest. Feel free to just tell them that. <laughs> Say like, "Look, this is I, you're you're totally free to disagree with me." And you might, I, I don't think you're a non-thinking person. So I'm sure you have reasons for not thinking the way I think. But I, it, but I have reasons for believing what I believe. And 
that's fine too. And and part of what I think and what I believe is that I should tell you that you should believe it too. Now, unlike what we've done historically in the past, I'm not going to take a sword out um, to make you do that. Because um, that's not in the Bible. Um, so, we're not doing that anymore. But um, we can feel free to just say, like, I accept it by faith, okay? I, yeah. Do I understand it? No. Do I plan on being wrong? Yes. Okay? I, I, even as a pastor, I plan on getting to heaven at some point and being wrong on a whole lot of things. Okay? And it's totally fine. Because I feel like what needs to be known for sure and believed with all of our heart is clear. I think all the things that are relatively unclear are things that it's totally okay for us to be wrong on because we're broken and we're sinners and right now you only live to be about like 80-something years old on average, right? That's not enough time, right, to know everything. All right, so then last question is where would you start in clearly explaining what you mean by God? I might have given a little bit of an answer there. But where would you start? I would start with the scriptures. Yeah, I, I would. You, can I stop right there and be okay? Okay, there you go. Yep, 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 so you're fishing for more. Okay, so I think, okay, so bam, John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. Um, and you could play off of that in all kinds of different directions because I think what the ultimate destination is is that you are having to come to the conclusion that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is God. God in the flesh, God of all history, eternal, from the beginning, no, no ending. That's the basis for... Uh, what we're just why this building is here, okay? And so that's that that's the emphasis, um, and that's what the confession of faith is too. That if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved, as Lord Jesus Christ, God of all. And that was probably the the stickiest point in all of uh, the uh, run-ins that uh, the apostles and the evangelists uh, all had back when this Bible, back in 33 AD and, and then subsequently to that, is that they were having to prove that Christ was Lord. And that would automatically elevate Christ above any of the other gods that that individual would consider and worship by. So, anyways. Um, I guess I would say just the creator of all things. Um, I think that saying that the creator of all things leads you into the conversation of built-in morality. If you've created it, you get to say how it runs. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is my answer. I would say the creator of all things. 
Um, I wouldn't limit it to our universe, especially with today's <laughs> society, yeah. believing in multiple whatever. So I would say just the creator of all things. Yeah. Is where I would, I would that. Yeah, Cheryl. I think it depends somewhat on how, I mean, on, on how, well, you know, the person you're talking to, mm-hmm. but I might need to start, I mean, not go through the whole Bible or something, <laughs> <laughs> but I might need to start with Genesis 1-1 before I go to John 1-1, but yeah. I might not. Right. I, I'm kind of feeling my way with the person rather than I'm not going to have like a, I, I am going to have an idea in my mind of where I think I would go, and I'm going to be praying, mm-hmm. um, too, constantly, but... Um, I'm going to look at that person and see where I'm, if I, depending on how I know them, where they are, and try to kind of start from there. So I may have to start back with Genesis instead of even John, mm-hmm. uh, or I might be able to just go firmly right onto right to John. Yep. To be honest, I think if somebody asked me, like, what do you mean by God? I would give them another generic definition of what I'm trying to say, uh, and then offer to show them how I came to understand that through different parts of the Bible. So I would do something like what you said. Is like I believe God created the entire universe. Right. That therefore, that means he's in charge because he's outside of it. And that then I have to listen to what he does, what, what he tells us to do. But I would also try to insinuate, not to insinuate, I would try to tell people, I believe God is still active in this world. So that I get to narrow off, I get to lop off an entire part of weird theistic thinking that says like God started the world and then just who cares anymore right right? because that's not what I think and that's not what I mean when I say God whereas uh, a deist would mean that when they say God well he's the guy that wound up the clock and walked out right that's what they mean by God that's the opposite of what I mean by God I think God created the world that he wants to be in relationship with people and that because of that he's actively involved in our world on a regular basis to the point that he orchestrates the events of history. Because, then I get to explain, like, that's how all this works. Where if that's not your concept of God, like, I don't understand how a deist would ever, like, what the deist does with the plan of salvation. Like, that doesn't make any sense. If God is not actively involved in our world, how does the gospel work? It doesn't. So, I, mean, I mean, it does, but they don't think it No, it doesn't make much sense. Cindy, go for it. Um, I guess the one thing that I would be cautious with is being Christian and talking Christianese, right, is using the terms God and Jesus synonymously. You're going to lead yourself into a Trinity conversation Mm -hmm. that, again, we can't really communicate. So if we're at the point where we're defining what God is, I don't think that I would be like, well, Jesus is God, because then they're just going to be like, what do you mean Jesus (laughs) is God? Like, he was a man, so now you're just worshiping a guy. Right, because they're not going to understand that. And like we've already discussed, we don't really understand that or how it works. So I think that personally, I would shy away from John 1 1, just and you know, just in the sense that, like, I mean, even as a Christian, I still kind of have this sense that, like, John was just kind of like playing with words in that moment as opposed to like really speaking verbatim of something that Jesus said. And so I just think that we have to be cautious with it. In, in the sense that, like I said, we're going to confuse them if we start telling them we're worshiping a man that died on the cross. You know what I mean? It's going to defeat the idea of God. Well, only a it, formula. I, I, I think I probably care to see it there <laughs> a little bit. But that's okay. <laughs> Sorry. It probably not not the like stone you to death kind of heresy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably should be struck by lightning or something. 
the, the only reason that that becomes a problem is because of our, our language is sloppy. We use God to mean divine, and we also use God to mean the Father. I think in all aspects, we would do well to actually use the words we mean. Yes. Because Jesus is not God the Father. That is heresy. Okay? Jesus is divine. He is... I can, we use a word here that I'm not sure... A member of the Godhead. Okay? I think member actually is probably heresy there. And that's what I'm talking about. Trinity is very hard to precisely say. You will probably not do it right 100% of the time. But to say that God is three persons of one essence... That essence being divine. So all the character traits of God are equally applicable to all members of the Trinity, yet they are not each other. Okay? So the only reason we have a problem saying Jesus is God is because in our brains we assume that God means God the Father. Jesus is not God the Father. Jesus is God the Son. God the Father is God the Father. God the Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit. But when we say God, we don't specify what we're talking about. So that's a Christianese thing. Is we could just be talking about God the Father. But if we are, you should just say God the Father. Okay? But if you're just saying God as the Trinity, because the Trinity does things, right? It's God's plan. I think every member of the Trinity was involved in the plan of salvation, not just God the Father. Right? And so I can feel free to just say God. Okay? But if we are talking about God the Father, then we have a problem. But I don't have a problem saying that Jesus was part of the creator of the world in Genesis 1 1 either. And the Spirit was hovering over the water. All the parts of the Trinity were there. I'm saying God created the world, right? Mm -hmm. So, at some point, you likely will have to talk about Jesus isn't just a person. He is deity come inside of our body. Because both of those things are important to how the gospel functions. Mm -hmm. But also, you might not. Because someone might just not care to talk about that. But we are out of time. So, next week... What we're going to talk about is this concept of sin. Right? We have social sins. So I guess we, I guess in that generic way, we know sort of what the word means. But what do we mean by sin? Because in mine, it says that Jesus died and rose from the dead to forgive sins. Sin. What in the world is it? Because I think it's a very important part of the gospel because if it weren't for sin, we wouldn't need saving. So Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> yeah. See you next week.